Today on the Topic Show, Vivek gives kudos to Tucker Carlson for interviewing Vladimir Putin. Elon tweets Disney's policies around race and gender. Not a single student can pass math at a grade level in over 50 schools in Illinois. Stellantis says no to more mergers. Costco CEO and the defender of the $1.50 hot dog combo to step down. And Boeing Jets, well, they're missing bolts. All of that and much, much more on the Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. I say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's a joke. If you're an IT labor business owner, reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also trying to reach 4,000 subscribers by the end of February, so click that button and tell your friends. I would greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, we have Stellantis saying no to more car mergers. Now, a lot of people may not realize Stellantis, if you're not a gearhead or in the automotive community, that's a new parent company to what used to be Chrysler. Chrysler, which used to have some great innovative products, such as the Dodge Viper, which only came with a stick shift and a V10 engine. Beautiful Detroit engineering. I would also argue it should be a good default for many vehicles, but nevertheless, they went bankrupt so bad in 2009, they were bought up by a European conglomerate or European automotive company, a holding company by the name of Fiat. And of course, Fiat also owned tractors and myriad of other products as well. They became FCA, Fiat Chrysler America. Now, not only did Chrysler fall into that, but also had Dodge as well as Jeep, which Chrysler also owned at the time. Now, they've been acquiring more and more companies, and they thought of a new name instead of SCA. The new name is going to be Stellantis, which I still for life me can't decide if it's a good name or a bad name. It is unique, and it's not a simple nomenclature of letters and numbers like a BMW model, which, unless you're a BMW aficionado, you don't know what the models mean. But Stellantis. Kind of, sounds kind of neat, so I guess it's not the worst name for an automotive company. It sounds, it kind of grows on you, I suppose. Now, I would also argue, of all the companies and C, uh, CEOs in the automotive community, you almost debate the CEO is paid pretty adequately, if not underpaid, for how many brands they now control. Now, Stellantis now controls Aberyth, Fiat, Alfa Romeo, Jeep, Chrysler, Lancia, Maserati, Citroën, Opel, Dodge, Peugeot, Ram, Vauxhall, Fiat Professional, as well as DS Automobiles. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 brands under this one company, which is a lot to say the least. I mean, even General Motors in their heyday, uh, it's so sad they actually sold off Opel during, I believe it was a 2009 bankruptcy, which Opel's a long, they have a long, her- rich heritage over at Opel. I believe they found it in 18, was it 1893? Or is in the 1800s over in Germany. And I mean, you also, oh man, so many Vauxhall used to be an iconic brand that General Motors owns. The good old Pontiac G8 was, and also, there, there's a lot of rebranded products. You have the Chevy SS, which again, is just from Australia with, that's where Vauxhall's our headquarters. But nevertheless, now Fiat, own, or rather Stellantis owns all these companies. And apparently there's a rumor saying, oh yeah, maybe they'll you know reach out, maybe they'll do more mergers. They're saying they're done. So specifically, this comes from Stellantis chairman, John Elkin, and he denied that the automaker was hatching any merger plans, responding to press speculation about a possible French lead-up tie with rival Renault. Now, Elon said that the Peugeot owner, the world's third largest automaker by sales, was focused on the execution of a long-term business plan. He said, quote, there's no plan under the construction regarding the merger operations with other manufacturers, which 
again, it, it makes sense because, again, they have such a large portfolio already. It's one of those things where how many more brands do you really need at the end of the day? And how much, I mean, I mean, how much really is there to gain? Now, they also know that speculation also intensified after the electric vehicle market slowdown forced its last week to cancel its IPO for its EV software unit, Ampera. Market cap remains around $10 billion. That is pretty bad. And yeah, Solantis product in 2021 merger between France's PSA and Fiat Chrysler. And one of the most automotive profitable, group, profitable automotive groups, market cap of $85 billion, where the when unlisted shares were factored in. So, I guess to quash out all the rumors, and of course it is sad that Dodge is acquiescing to electric, hybrid, and V6 engine, or straight six engines for the Dodge Challenger. It's, well, it used to be the great big Hemi, you know, big old V8 company, now reduced to EVs and six-cylinder engines. Disappointing to say the least, and granted, the, given how large the portfolio is, could have argued probably they should have stuck with it, despite, you know, being pressured by government regulations, but I'll be interested to see they say no merger and no more acquisitions. It, I don't see a compelling reason for them to do it at this time. Can't but think maybe the other companies are just a little bit desperate. But yeah, Renault, because Renault is still the partnership with, I believe it was Nissan and a couple other, maybe Mitsubishi as well, a couple of those other smaller ones. But as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting business use, you have the Costco CFO, who is the stalwart, the the defender of the dollar fifty hot dog combo to depart as they name a new CFO. Now this comes to us thanks to Business Insider, specifically the CFO is the name of Richard Galanti, who once said that the company's one dollar fifty hot dog soda combo was forever, unquote. And he was also a 30-year veteran of the company. And the biggest question everyone has, which is kind of hilarious and also understandable, the biggest question in all the news outlets everyone is asking is, is our dollar fifty hot dog protected? It is one of the the best marketing mechanisms I've ever seen in my lifetime from a business. It's an icon. People go there just for that. And one of my favorite stories about the founder of Costco, who is a, he is adamant about giving the consumers as much value as possible. There was an instance a couple years ago where the CEO of Costco, they noted that they started to lose money on the $1.50 hot dog soda combo or pop, depending on where you are located. And he went to the founder of the company and says, hey, we need to increase the price of this $1.50 combo because we're going to be losing money on it. And the founder said to the CEO of Costco, he said, I'll effing kill you if you raise that price. Which, again, is unparalleled passion as well as dedication to giving a consumer a great product at a great price. And that actually inspired the CEO of the company at Costco at the time to get creative. They actually bought their own pork meat facility and manufacturing plant so they could actually make it at an affordable price point and still make a profit at the time. Again, that was years ago. I subsequently, I think now they probably are losing money, even though they do own the infrastructure behind that actual manufacturing, which again, made them save a lot of money at the time. But even now, thanks to the government causing, causing record number of inflation, I suspect there's no possible way they can still be making a profit on that fifty combo, even if they use off-brand soda, which I'm pretty sure they have the partnership or, you know, Pretty sure they use PepsiCo products for that. Maybe Pepsi is using it as a loss leader and giving them like the syrup at cost. But at this point, I venture to say it's a loss leader. Again, it's a marketing mechanism and it's brilliant. Everyone loves it. Now, 
They also said that is as recently as 2022 during an earnings call, Galante also answered that question again. He said, again, this is forever. We're never getting rid of this $1.50 combo. And let's see here. He said, actually, when they were you know, talking about it on the call, during the earnings call, last, <laughs> excuse me, a couple years ago, he said, quote, lightning just struck me. Oh, question about dogs. Some businesses are doing well with margins. Those things help us be more aggressive in other areas. As you mentioned, hold the price of a hot dog and the soda a little longer forever, he said. Now, in 2023, Costco's... They've, uh, so the CEO has been the CEO since 1984. When I asked for comment in 2022, he said, no, we're not changing the price. And they said that multiple times. Yeah, and they said, yeah. The Costco co-founder and former CEO, Jim Sing Singlel, was the one who said to the CEO, I'll effing kill you if you raise the price of the hot dog. Figure it out, which I love. So it'll be interesting to see I mean, what is really going to... I suspect just for marketing alone, they got to keep it. It'll be interesting to see, again, they need to increase the price of maybe their subscriptions. Because, again, they make most of their money off of the membership, which is why earlier this year we saw them cracking down on people breaking policy and illegally entering their premises without being a member of the Costco club. And, again, they make the money on memberships. The products basically break even. The profit comes from the memberships. So it'll be interesting to see... I mean, let me know in the comments how much of an I, I you never see a Costco parking lot empty. They're always packed. They're always busy. They're always moving products. If I were a gambling man, I would say they're probably not going to get rid of that combo anytime soon. Just for the, just for the legendary story behind it, the marketing value, the cult status following it's built. I mean, there's some things that are so hard. It's, it is magic in a bottle. There are a couple of marketing campaigns in business history that have been as successful. Perhaps only second to the AOL floppy disk phenomenon where that helped the company propel into the stratosphere, another business story for another time. But let me know in the comments, when was the last time you went to Costco? Do you remember the $1.50 hot dog? And do you think they'll stick with it? Or do you think, heaven forbid, they actually might increase the price? You know me, it'd be fascinating to hear what you have to say and time shall tell. Now going over to the culture part of the podcast, of Elon tweeting Disney's leak of racist and sexist policies. Now, Elon said, quote, this is an anonymous source that just sent me this from Disney. It's mandatory institutionalized racism and sexism, unquote. And this is Disney's large chart. And it says Disney's entertainment company or sorry, Disney General Entertainment Content Inclusion Standards. It looks like their standard A, B, C, D. And geez, Louise, there are many, many details. So we'll break them down right now. Standard A on-screen representation, at least three of the following five areas need to be met to fulfill standard A. Now, standard A is A1. Characters, 50% or more of regular and reoccurring written characters come from underrepresented groups. A2, not the sauce. Actors, 50% or more of the following recurring actors from underrepresented groups. A3, secondary characters, meaning meaningful inclusion and upper representative groups as secondary or minor on-screen individuals, including, including background actors. A4, series premise, meaningful integration of underrepresented groups in overall themes and narratives. A5, episodic storytelling, ongoing meaningful and integration of underrepresented groups in episodic themes and narratives, unquote. I should write to Disney. I have yet to see them a story about my family coming from Cuba on an aeroplane. Although some might pejoratively say we swam here, some do, but 
Not to brag, but we got one of the last planes out when Fidel took over and destroyed the country. And yet some moronic, mentally vacuous Americans still want communism and dictators. Nevertheless, that is standard A. Standard B is creative leadership. At least three of the following six areas need to be met to fulfill standard B. So standard B consists of B1, 50% or more of producer and above on writing staff, and 50% or more of co-producer and below on writing staff come from underrepresented groups, unquote. B2, 50% or more of episodic directors come from underrepresented groups. B3, casting director is from an underrepresented group or has not been previously worked with a DGE show on the road. B4, meaningful representation of underrepresented group in senior creating leadership. B5, promoted promotion of a member of a underrepresented group into a role that constitutes career progression for at least one member of the writing staff. B6, substantial year-over-year -year increase in the num members of underrepresented groups as directors and writing staff, unquote. So that is standard B of the standard ABC. That's, that's, eh, I guess ABCD is kind of cliche. Everyone knows them. Well, well, public schools, not so much these days. Private schools know their ABCs many times. So I guess it makes sense they're using the ABCs. Now they have standard C. Below the line, at least two of the following five areas must be met to fulfill standard C. And Jesus, Louise, I would hate working there. Just, just think of the logistics. And I, these are so many rules. I mean, I mean, morally vacuous, obviously, because you're discriminating people based on you know things they can't directly control. But also logistically, Jesus, Louise, that's a lot of rules. Now, standard C. They say, quote, C1, 50% or more of the line producer and or production department heads, i.e. DP, composer, costume designer, editor, production designer, music supervisor, come from an underrepresented group. C2, 50% or more of the key roles, any mid-level crew and technical positions come from underrepresented groups. C3, 50% or more of overall crew or projection staff come from underrepresented groups. C4, not explosive, actually quite boring. C4, promotion of a member of an underrepresented group into a role that constitutes career progression for at least one crew slash team member. C5, hiring a line producer and or production department head who has not been previously employed in that role on a DGE show. We're almost there, folks. That is, that is all of the standard C. Now we go to standard D, industry access and career development. At least three of the following six areas must be met in order, to, in order to fulfill standard D. D1. Well, zoom in a little bit. There's so much context here. You got to zoom in. It's almost dictionary length. Or the source. They say, quote, D1. Paid employment opportunities such as apprenticeships, internships, expert advisors to facilitate union eligibility for members of underrepresented groups. CPDIA program qualifies. D2. Training opportunities and or skills development, craft creation, business, including one-off work experience opportunities for students from underrepresented groups to be coordinated through the current executive and corporate, corporate social responsibility. D3, first job for a member of underrepresented group in a role that constitutes career progression from prior training staff from CD, CTDI writing or director program qualifies. D4, 50% or more of outside vendors or contractors employed by production provide industry access or opportunities to members underrepresented groups as defined as D1 through D3. This is more complex than some legal documents, I swear. D4, 
50% or more of outside... Oh, no, I just read that. D5, apologies. D5, producer or department head participation in DGE Talent Development Initiative Guide or other approved member mentorship program. Participate as a panelist presenter at a CTDI event. Qualifies men mentorship will be vetted by current executive, unquote. D6, producer develops, executes a show-specific D&I program subject to network approval. That was a lot. Now, they do have some additional content on the bottom of it. They say context is critical when evaluating, when evaluating if a group is, quote, underrepresented. Anyone involved in the hiring decisions is prohibited from asking candidates and talent about their actual race or perceived race, religion. Oh, let's see. Oh, come on. Oh. oh, come on, Twitter. Oh, X. Let's see. I have that logo in front of it. Oh, God dang it. Let's see here. Yeah, anyone involved in the hiring decision is prohibited from asking candidates and talent their actual or perceived race, religion, color, or what's that? Sexual orientation, gender, gender identity, military or veteran says, age, disability, and any other legally protected categories. Unquote. So that's the legal disclaimer. How do you achieve the outcomes and how do you achieve the outcomes they want without having that data? That's highly improbable. Unless you you have everyone show up and then you discriminate? I mean, how does that work? So they have these goals. And then at the very bottom, they said, oh yeah, by the way, you're not allowed to ask candidates about this. So I don't know how they plan to legally achieve this goal. I, I don't think the shareholders are going to appreciate it. And again, it's also federally illegal to discriminate against someone based on things they cannot control, such as gender, race, it, religion. So, again, how will they go about achieving this? They have this framework. They have standards A, B, C, and D. And how many is that total? One, two, three, four, five. Let's see. So, five, that's 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, 22 bullet points. To, imagine you have to make a product and you have 22 bullet points, 22 little in intrinsic things you have to follow or little nuances you need to follow. That's more complex than an RFP or request for price for some government contracts out there these days. And again, you're technically not allowed to do some of these things. So I have no idea how they're actually going to achieve this goal. Now, as youth might say, it went viral to say the least. It got, again, within these statistics were written down 24 hours after the post. It got 38.8 million views and 127, or sorry, 127,000 likes. And again, it's, I can't fathom how do you achieve those, how do you achieve those metrics without breaking the law and just asking for the person's race? Are you guessing based on the name or they're, they're looking it up on social media? Because again, they want to hit these goals. I mean, I guess if you're casting someone in a role in a movie, you're going to see them face to face. But you just can't tell them to your face, okay, you're not getting this because you're a white guy or a white woman. And then they're saying context is critical when you're dying. I like how they actually don't technically tell you what they consider underrepresented as well. 
which again, if you're a casting director, if you work there, is even more complex because they're not they're not clarifying anything. Is I also suspect if they would do that, it also make it even more ripe for lawsuits, which I suspect this will entail. So let's go to the comments. Perhaps I have a little of this assessment. Perhaps everyone agrees and it's a great idea and the ends justifies the means, which has been written and said before. Now, the first comment comes from Libs of TikTok and she says, quote, Elon, can you buy Disney and fix it? Unquote, getting 27,000 likes. Elon Musk replied with an emoji, a thinking emoji, such as that. They got 38,000 likes, which, again, I don't actually, maybe you can fix it. The odds are so slim. You have to basically fire everyone and buy new, you know, get new talent that, you know, doesn't want to make political, affiliated, sexual-oriented children materials, which Disney laid off those people a long time ago. Going to other comments, you say, let's see here. Ashley St. Clair says, quote, throwback to when Disney... Carrie Butch said, as the mother of one transgender child and one pansexual child, she wants many, many, many LGBTQIA characters and, and in our stories and wants 50% of her characters to be LGBTQIA and minorities. And there's actually the video of her saying that, getting 5.9 thousand likes. And Elon Musk said, replied saying, quote, don't bring your kids up in LA. I'm getting 8.7 thousand likes, which... Yeah, especially San Francisco, the crime is so rampant as well. There are a myriad of reasons why you would not want to raise your child in Los Angeles or San Francisco or many cities these days. But also, I wouldn't give them access to the internet or most modern entertainment materials either. Much, much better to go with old-fashioned thing. Some people might know what it is called a book. But that's just me. The hottest wake-up says, quote, You should see this, the Forest Service's new hiring policy plans. Unquote, getting 2.7 thousand likes. Elon Musk replied with a question mark. I got 2.7 thousand likes as well. And actually, the wake up, they go to the website for the federal government, gives you a PDF. Well, so the U.S. force system has a pamphlet that says advanced diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. And it's a picture of a lot of women, one flamboyant man in force gear, which... Again, I, I'd be fascinated to see the statistics and the data of how many women are applying for those roles organically or in general. But yeah, even the Forest Preserve is pushing this ideology. And Elon Musk replying it saying, whoa, got 2.3 thousand likes. Going back that. Adam Lewis says, quote, we're going to have to sue the U.S. government for racial discrimination by their DEI programs. If you're white or Asian and working for the government and there's a DEI program in your department, I recommend you suing for millions and retire early with your mansion and Tesla, unquote, 804, or sorry, 806 likes went up before our very eyes. Let's see here. Wow. The rabbit hole replied with a comic strip saying Disney logic and is a blue haired, oh, short, well, I shouldn't have to say that's kind of redundant, but short blue haired woman sitting in a empty movie theater and she looks around and she says, really, no one came to the diversity seminar? And then she's angrily typing on her laptop saying, do people not care in all caps? And the picture of the screen is Marvel Studios, or, yeah, Marvel Studios, the Marvels. I got 11,000 likes, which is probably more people actually went out and paid for the Marvels. Kidding, just a little bit. They did lose a lot of money on that movie, and it was one of the worst, it's actually the worst movie, I believe, in Marvel history, including worse than the critically acclaimed, or the cri critically critiqued, I forget the vernacular, the Hulk movie. Is that bad? They got 11,000 likes, though. Do one or two more comments here. 
Let's see. Paul Zazupa says, quote, this is the Disney stock. Any guesses when they went broke? And it looks like past, was it since, I believe, it goes back to 2018 about. And it's, it's not terrible. It's not great. The stock is down 12.22%. And yeah, I believe, was it a 30-year low that the stock was recently trading at? It's not great. That did get 2.3 thousand likes. You have Luke Zaliski reaching out. Let me see here. And he is our, not our favorite contrarian, but he's a contrarian or someone who's politically far left that I follow on X Twitter. Because again, more data the better. And I always think life's more interesting when you have many ideals or more accurately, you have many comments. Now, Luke Zaliski says, quote, seriously, folks, what a beat. Think what will Elon do? What is worth what is worth 44 billion? Why is he suddenly pretending to be a journalist and a centrist while droning about the quote woke mind virus and platforming right wing psychos and playing footsies with conspiracy theories? Unquote. That did get 1,000 likes. So again, not everyone is agreeing with its original statements. I subsequently think many will. Let's see here. Luke Zalisi also responded saying, "LOL." And he, apparently, there's someone by the name of Kim Masters. And she just said, "Quote: I guess the secret." Source read the Hollywood Reporter in 2020 when this was published. That got 232 likes. Well, ZNO says, quote, never forget what Disney has become. And instead of the iconic, you know, the typeface or the written out word of Disney, it's the iconic castle with the star going over the castle. And it says in the same font, groomers. I got 2.2 thousand likes. Oil, or Ollie, rather, London says, quote, so crazy. Imagine if they hired people based on actual talent and skills rather than focusing on ethnicity group or where they come from. Maybe then they could actually produce good movies again. Unquote. They got 3.4 thousand likes. Matthew Yaglossis says, quote, what was your, anonym, was your anonymous source, the article from Variety a few years ago? Unquote. They got 2.9 thousand likes. So a couple people are critiquing Elon. I don't think this is his or... I don't think he's the original source of this data. Perhaps someone in Disney, it looks like the data came out a couple years ago. I guess someone in the Disney decided to forward it to Elon. Let's see here. Carolyn Borowski says, quote, the four go goals of the, the woke left are always the same. One, gaze in as much power as possible. Two, destabilize the system. Three, attack capitalism. Four, usher in their Marxist utopia. And that got 2.1 thousand likes. Five times August says, quote, let Disney die. It's time for them to go. Unquote, getting 3.4 thousand likes. And as I scroll down, still overwhelming majority supporting for Elon. A couple people critiquing him. Let's see. So it'll be interesting. A lot of people saying Elon should buy it. I don't, I'm not sure if it's really worth saving at this point. Again, he'd have to fire a majority of the staff. He'd have to rebuild the business it, it's possible, don't get me wrong. I don't, and culture is important. Again, I'm not sure if Elon can clone himself. He seemingly has magical technologies, but I don't think it's probable that he's gonna purchase the company. If he, if anyone could turn it around, I think he could do it. Again, it would be a long overhaul and you'd have to basically purge a majority of the employees, especially in the writer's department. Because again, we've had, we've had many leaked videos of them being bombastically happy and actually applauding their efforts to insert sexual content and insert non-child appropriate themes into child films and child animations. So you, you'd have to get rid of them if you want to be apolitical, you want to remove the controversy around Disney, which 
Again, that is one of the reasons I believe they're losing so many sales. I mean, they lost over a billion dollars, near $2 billion in 2023 in movies. From a company that used to basically print money, it used to be the blue chip stock, you knew you weren't going to get one of those stocks where you knew you weren't going to get rich overnight with that stock. But you knew over time it was a consistent way it was going to increase and build value. And yet now, not so much. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what actually happens with this at the end of the day. But let's just say I don't think there's sales at Disney. Maybe not going to get better anytime soon. Other interesting cultural news, not a single student can do math at grade level in over 50 schools in Illinois. Now, this comes to us thanks to Marina Medvin over on X Twitter. And she says, quote, not a single student can do math at grade level in 53 Illinois schools. Unquote. Which, how could that be? I mean, they spend some of the most per student in this whole country. And the teacher unions are, I mean, they're, they're always working hard and, you know, trying to help your kids have the best outcome and doing what's best for your children. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely not. Statistically, no. And they also have 32-year low for ACT scores. And yet, teachers unions say they, it's only instance where you can fail consistently and you just complain and get more money. Which, not all the time, but many times is the public sector. Now, she actually lists out the schools and, spoiler alert, City of Chicago is on there. One, two, three, four, five. How many is that? A majority of the time? And they're spending... Up to $20,000 per student and getting such abysmal results. Well, these, what's, what's the top school? One school is spending $56,000 per student. I mean, they're spending the most per student, or some of the most per student in the whole U.S., and yet they have the worst results. And this went viral, as you might say. You got 2.9 million likes, or rather, million views, 16,000 likes. Now, again, I have many speaking ineptitudes. If you click the subscribe button, however, I believe it may assist. When it first came out the show, a lot of speaking too fast, you know, mispronouncing words, stumbling over myself more than usual. And yet, the more subscribers I've gained, the better my speaking has become. Now granted, some might say it's just a modicum of improvement, but nevertheless, an improvement never is still there. So if you click that button again, I would greatly appreciate it. Now, again, got 2.9 million views and 16,000 likes. And go to the comments, Marina responded saying, quote, as state spending per student goes up in Illinois, student performance goes down. Why is that? And it looks like she has a chart and it says Illinois has the highest growth rate per in pre-K to 12 per student spending among its neighbors. Cumulative percentage growth in per student pre-K through 12 education spending, federal, state, and local by state. Illinois from 2007 to 2019 up 70%. You have Kentucky increased 36%, Iowa went up 36%, MD 31%, Michigan 29%, Wisconsin 23%, Indiana 16%. And her chart got 1.2 thousand likes. Which, yeah, the ultimate example of union ineptitudes. Game paid more to perform less. Now, Paul Zazupa is one of the first comments, and he says, quote, math is right supremacy, that's the way the left says, so it's got to be true, unquote. Gained 229 likes, and... And you might think that sounds crazy, but it has been said by some teachers and some union members. There have also some, been some people who claim being on time is a white thing, which, no, that, uh, that's ridiculous. Being on time is a human thing. That, it has nothing to do with race. And yet, some people are saying that. And politically speaking, those people are, I would call them leftists, or very far left. I have some people who are left, 
side of the political aisle, they don't agree with that. They agree with my sentiment that that's a racist thing to say. Now, going to other comments, you have Marina Medvin saying, quote, most of the problematic schools are in Chicago, and quote, getting 815 likes, which, yep. Amy Lou Hu says, quote, I bet they know all about their gender identity, on cooking 513 likes. Let's see here. Stop anti-Semitism said, quote, but did they pass a ceasefire resolution in Chicago on cooking 544 likes? Let's see here. Eight Bartme? Let's see. This is a little bit of an anecdotal experience, a little bit of a short story that they come from them, but sounds interesting. This person says, quote, I, again, this is from dollar sign eight Bartme. They said, quote, I personally volunteered at Traywin Elementary about 10 years ago, most crime remnant area of Peoria, Illinois. Had a great principal who came and was turning things around. There was really hope by the teachers in school. Then a new superintendent came in and institutioned early CRT and DEI and restored justice ideals and got rid of the principal. Quote, he was white, she was not. And the school relapsed into total failure factory. I knew some teachers there. They were also white and were so hounded by the superintendent and her posse that one almost had a nervous breakdown and finally left. This story I am telling you here, I'm not recounting. Sorry, unquote. Let me reset that last paragraph. This story I'm telling you here, I am not recounting to be provocative. I am sharing it with you because it is true. I was there. Take it. Take from it as you will, unquote. They got 342 likes. Scrolling down a couple more here. Woke Rasperian says, quote, WTF is Williams Medical Prep High School. They spent 45K per student and no one can pass math tests. Unquote, getting 527 likes. Regan McFadden says, quote, but hey, they know their pronouns. Well, uh, what do you call it? Unquote. But they also use the eye roll emoji. They got 143 likes. Ron Stevenson says, uh, says, says, quote, not to worry. I'm sure the standards will be lowered to accommodate that. Unquote, getting 166 likes. Which, knowing government entities, yeah, just like the U.S. military, they've been lowering the standards more and more. And yet, their recruitment goals also keep failing. Even with an increasing sample size by decreasing the bar and lowering the bar lower and lower and lower. Undead FOIA 3.0 says, quote, so you're saying we need to give more money to Ukraine, unquote, getting 92 likes. We did give them $200 billion between physical you know, cash as well as materials, including medical and weaponry. But some say it's just not enough. And yet, they say they're bringing up the money issue. I don't think it's a money issue. It is a culture issue. It is a teacher issue. It is an issue of the culture of these teachers. What do they care most about? I don't think it's zeros and ones. The results aren't showing that. You also bring it to the parents into the equation as well. Are they making sure the students are actually doing their homework? Are they studying? Are they paying attention in school? There are many variables to this situation. However, Give the teachers to get paid more and more and more. Why are we paying them more and more and more to perform less and less and less? Again, the parents absolutely play a role. And yet, these teachers seem to be getting paid more to do worse. We'll do one or two more comments. Maybe there's a contrarian comment in here. There has to be at least one, right? Let's see here. Uh, Ghost says, quote, This is Brandon Johnson's response to the crisis. And then this is from the Daily Mail online. They say, quote, Chicago's progressive mayor, Brandon Johnson, announced plans to axe Windy's, Windy City's high-achieving selective enrollment high schools to boost equity despite promising not to do during election campaign. Unquote. Getting 82 likes. See here. Oh, we found a contrarian statement. Chris Nadima 
says, quote, those teachers need raises. Some of them only make 100K, unquote. I got 33 likes. I can't tell if he's joking or not. Well, let's click on the comment section or see. Some people do respond to him. Maybe he clarifies. Bob says, quote, teachers should make more than that, but they should be properly evaluated. Chris, no one responded saying 20% of teachers are decent and could definitely make more if we finally abolish public schools. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious when I was a child growing up in the Midwest. Some of the teachers went on strike because they were only making $120,000 in the 90s. For a job where you get multiple months of vacation. It's, as well as a pension in some cases too. It's a pretty sweet gig for a lot of people. And again, it is an important role, don't get me wrong. But it should also be performance. It should have some performance-based pay, some might say. We'll do a couple more comments here. Over, still, uh, let's see. Let's see. See if there's any contrarian statements. I mean, thus far they seem to just keep agreeing. Uh, David Chase says, quote, no one wants to blame the teachers. It's always a curriculum or funding to, but, or funding to blame by unions. Why are other school districts able to reach, able to teach the children grade level math using the same curriculum? I'm going to gain two likes. Let's see here. Yeah, so overwhelming agreement. Let's see here. A lot of people say, oh, here's another popular one that's got six, no, 56 likes. And this comes from Grumpy and it's a juxtaposition of two pictures. It says teachers back then and it looks like the classic, you know, as I believe they call them now, the traditional wife or trad wife. I believe that is trying to get once in a while. And you see a nice picture of grandma dressed up, you're very respectful. They, the caption is teachers when I was a kid. And then the new caption is teachers now, and you know, they have short purple hair. And yeah, they look very differently. And they have identity flags all over themselves, which again, when I was a kid, teachers never talked about politics for the most part. There's one or two bad eggs, but overall they, Seem to be more apolitical. Maybe it's rose-tinted glasses, or maybe it's just nostalgia. But let me know in the comments. Do you think, in your experience with public schools, have they gotten, I mean, was it divided and more political back then? Were your classmates failing? I mean, I mean I'd be fascinated to hear, as always, what you have to say. Huh. See here. Now, going over to the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek giving kudos to Tucker Carlson for interviewing Mr. Putin. Now, this comes to us thanks to Vivek's personal ex-Twitter profile. And he says, before this video is actually posted by Elon, and Vivek says, quote, a real journalist, actual intellectual curiosity, unquote. And it's got 2.1 million views and 95,000 likes in the first 24 hours of posting. Or... Rather, after the 24 hours posting, as I wrote down the statistics. Now, this is a quick four-minute little clip of Tucker Carlson. I'll play the first minute or two. We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, 
most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it. 200 billion. In ways they might not fully yet perceive. The war in Ukraine is a human disaster. It's left hundreds of thousands of people dead, an entire generation of young Ukrainians, and has depopulated the largest country in Europe. But the long-term effects are even more profound. This war has utterly reshaped the global military and trade alliances, and the sanctions that followed have as well. And in total, they have upended the world economy. The post-World War II economic order, the system that guaranteed prosperity in the West for more than 80 years, is coming apart very fast, and along with it, the dominance of the US dollar. These are not small changes. They are history-altering developments. They will define the lives of our grandchildren. Most of the world understands this perfectly well. They can see it. Ask anyone in Asia or the Middle East what the future looks like. And yet the populations of the English-speaking countries seem mostly unaware. They think that as nothing has really changed. And they think that because no one has told them the truth. Their media outlets are corrupt. They lie to their readers and viewers. And they do that mostly by omission. For example, since the day the war in Ukraine began, American media outlets have spoken to scores of people from Ukraine, and they've done scores of interviews with the Ukrainian President Zelensky. We ourselves have put it- Seems like every channel has an interview with him, and yet I don't think a single U.S. media company has ever tried to reach out to Vladimir Putin. A request for an interview with Zelensky, we hope he accepts. Oh, he won't. But the interviews he's already done in- I, Dollars to donuts, I believe, is an old metaphor people used to use, but would Zelensky ever sit down with Tucker Carlson, who's actually going to ask him questions, asking for a modicum of responsibility or accountability? Ask him, hey, where did all that money go? Why do we have all this money vanishing? Why is there no one keeping track of it? No, he would never take that. In the United States are not traditional interviews. They are fawning pep sessions specifically designed to amplify Zelensky's demand that the U.S. enter more deeply into a war in Eastern Europe and pay for it. That is not journalism. It is government propaganda. Propaganda of the ugliest kind, the kind that kills people. At the same- It's also ugly because he doesn't, he's got over $200 billion and he can't even suit up as all men should. He goes around there wearing a sweater. 200 billion you can't suit up, really? So it's also ugly in terms of fashion as well. At the time, our politicians and media outlets have been doing this, promoting a foreign leader like he's a new consumer brand, not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. That's wrong. Americans have a right to know all they can about a war they're implicated in. And we have the right to tell. And a war we're paying for. Again, $200 billion between cash as well as physical things such as medical as well as weaponry. 200 billion is a pretty penny. Well, I should clarify, a pretty vintage penny since modern pennies are maybe a metaphor for the government. They're 99.999% zinc and just copy plated. It's basically worthless. Old pennies are made out of real copper. But I partially digress. Tell them about it because we are Americans too. Freedom of speech is our birthright. We were born with the right to say what we believe. That right cannot be taken away no matter who is in the White House. But they're trying anyway. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration 
illegally spied on our text messages and then leaked the contents to their servants in the news media. Was anyone held accountable for that? Right? Or anyone charged with anything? Count both think, oh yeah, yeah, of course not. They did this in order to stop a Putin interview that we were planning. Last month, we're pretty certain they did exactly the same thing once again. But this time, we came to Moscow anyway. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. We are here because we love the United States. And we wanted to remain prosperous and free. We paid for this trip ourselves. We took no money from any government or group. Nor are we charging people to see the interview. It is not behind a paywall. Rare. Anyone can watch the entire thing, shot live to tape and unedited, on our website, TuckerCarlson.com. Elon Musk, to his great credit, has promised not to suppress or block this interview once we post it on his platform, X. And oh, I guarantee it's going to be censored on other platforms. I mean, guarantee it. We're grateful for that. Western governments, by contrast, will certainly do their best to censor this video on other less principled platforms because... That's what they do. They are afraid of information they can't control. But you have no reason to be afraid of it. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview, but we are urging you to watch it. You should know as much as you can. And then, like a free citizen and not a slave, you can decide for yourself. Thanks. I wouldn't expect anything less from Tucker Carlson who's, I mean, perhaps the best example of Getting fired could be the best thing to happen to you in life. It, again, it may not feel like it at the time, or hopefully, if you're listening, you haven't been laid off or anything like that. But it's an instance where some people thought his career was over after Fox laid him off, or Fox fired him. Which also shows you how mentally vacuous Fox News is to get rid of their top reporter. And yet, he has become more popular, and more people respect him now than ever before. Him alone is getting more views than the entire Fox channel, all the programs put together. It's astonishingly impressive how viral Tucker Carlson is and how many people are tuning into his shows. I think because he's one of the very last reporters out there actually going out there and giving us more data rather than less. So it'll be interesting to see how the interview comes out. And as youth might say, this went viral to say the least. This from Vivek got one point, or sorry, 2.1 million views and 96,000 likes. Now we do have a couple contrarian statements and we're gonna to get to them below, but I suspect more often than not, it's going to be overwhelming support. But let's dive in. Paul Zazupa says, quote, Naturally, Fox News fired the only real journalist they have. That's intellectual insanity. Unquote, getting 246 likes. Our favorite contrarian, well, not really favorite, just follow him because, again, I want more data the better. And he's a very popular leftist on X Twitter. He's very active in most of the political po posts and things that we follow on the show. So his name is Luke Zaliski. And he says, quote, Putin doesn't do interviews. He's a KGB propagandist. Tucker isn't an, a journalist. He's been a stooge mouthpiece for Putin's war on Ukraine for over a year already. And this will be more of that. This is <laughs> disinformation op participated in and underwritten by Republicans and Elon X. Unquote. Well, mentally vacuous. That did get 155 likes. And again, in the video, Tucker literally says... I'm not saying you should agree with Putin. I'm just giving you an opportunity to hear what he has to say. Which, again, how many interviews has Zelensky done that we've seen? Dozens? Maybe a hundred? All while we give him more and more money? And not a single person has asked, what's Russia's perspective? Again, I'm not telling you to take a side. I can just tell you strategically in terms of political alliances and businesses 
there hasn't historically been much business relations with the U.S. and Ukraine. Most Americans cannot point it on it. They couldn't point it on a map, which perhaps I'll go and do some street reporting and ask some random folks if they could in fact point to it. I subsequently think very few would be able to. But let's dive into more comments here. Let's see. Dave Benner says, quote, the only way this gets better is if he pisses off the feds twice interviews Snowden while he's in Russia as well. They got 529 likes. Let's see here. Joy Marino says, quote, imagine freedom of speech being a thing again. I call getting 406 likes. Pismo says, quote, getting fired from Fox News was the best thing to ever happen to Tucker, journalism, and free speech, unquote. They got 201 likes, and I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. There's also been other reports where it was coming out where Tucker wanted to have certain interviews where he was at Fox, and Fox would just keep telling him, no, no, no. Ridiculous to say the least. And perhaps one of the worst business decisions in 2023 was Fox getting rid of Tucker Carlson. Some might call it the Bud Light business blunder, the the, the Bud Light of the media in terms of decisions and marketing. They messed up that bad, I believe. So here. Malcolm Flex says, quote, this is what the idea of journalism used to be. You used to have journalists that would go to dangerous areas, war-torn areas, and talk to the verboten people and bring us the truth, Tie, not repeat regime propaganda. And no, I'm not talking about certain someone taking sniper fire. Unquote. Getting 132 likes. Right Angle News Network, who A-plus marketing, they in fact use a good old geometry right angle in their logo. And they say, quote, he's someone that all journalists should strive to be. He is in the exact opposition of the corporate-controlled government, run lame stream media in the country. Tucker Carlson is the epitome of truth. Follow if you agree. Unquote. Gaining 86 likes. It's here. Elijah Bloom says, quote, he's inspiring a new generation of journalists. The more successful he is, the greater I hope I have. Others will follow suit. Unquote. Gaining 65 likes. Ooh, we do have a contrarian. Bert Macklin, well, as allegedly, that is a fictional character from Parks and Recreation. The profile picture is, in fact, of the character, but character Bert Macklin in the FBI costume. So it's a costume of a costume. Go down the rabbit hole with that theory, but nevertheless, he says, Tucker isn't a journalist. He interviewed Cat Turd, LOL, getting 71 likes. Which, I don't see how that makes him any less of a journalist. Cat Turd, while it's a hilarious name, it's one of those viral people on X Twitter. There's a huge cultural following behind that individual. I would certainly think it's appropriate to interview him, as you would with most people. Let's see here. Ryan Wesson likes his quote, this is going to break the internet. Tucker's doing a great job in bringing the truth to people. I'll go gain 37 likes. Let's see here. Libercrat Media TM says, quote, let's break the media 100%. And they Photoshop Vladimir Putin sitting in Tucker Carlson's office, which I don't think he would ever come to the United States these days. Getting 56 likes. I don't know if this is good or bad, but this person, or I don't know if this person is making an insult or a praise, but he said Oleg Kostor, who shows his priorities of the flags, perhaps he is from Ukraine, but in the order of the flags he has in his name, which is weird in and of itself, he has the Ukraine flag, the Canadian flag, and then the American flag. And he says, quote, literally nothing surprising about this post coming from you, unquote, getting 35 likes. Again, this post that we're referring to goes from Vivek, so perhaps this person is referencing that. Let's see here. War Monitor says, you're funny. And he does have Ukraine flag in his little name as well, getting 21 likes. Let's see here. Mike Sisbruba says, quote, crazy, we don't many, 
we don't many like. Grammar aside, I'll read it exactly as he typed it. He says, quote, crazy we don't many like left Tucker Carlson. I'm going to get 34 likes. Grammar be damned. Let's see. Pat, well, again, so this is the profile name. Pat, Ukraine flag, pride flag, Ukraine flag. And this is pro, uh, he says, quote, I can't watch this. I'll just wait to hear from Rachel Maddow about this interview. That's the way I get facts. Unquote, getting 48 likes. And I I can't help but think this has to be a troll account. Because, again, I don't know who goes to Rachel, <laughs> Rachel Maddow for information or yet anything of a modicum of intellect when it comes to commentary. Some do, I suppose, but I think that sample size would be pretty darn small. Let's see here. Libercrat Media TM says, quote, liberals be like journalism, 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 treason. And it is a picture of three different politicians or interview. Is that Hillary Clinton? So different different U.S. politicians and interviewers meeting with Putin, but then when Tucker does it, then they call it treason. They got 58 likes. So this perhaps will be the interview that breaks the internet, as the youth might say, because I suspect it'll be quite viral. It'll be interesting to see what is Russia's perspective on the situation and what what is Russia's goals? Are they, I mean, what is going to happen at the end of the day and what are they hoping to achieve? That's going to be a fascinating interview. I cannot wait to take time to sit down and watch or listen to it. Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Boeing jets missing bolts. Their ineptitudes seem to be mounting. Now, this comes to us thanks to Kara Reinhardt over on LinkedIn. And she said, quote, Federal investigators have concluded that the door plug that blew out of the Boeing plane last month was missing key bolts. According to the preliminary report released Tuesday, the National Transportation Safety Board cites photo evidence that the bolts holding the fuselage panel in place were removed at the Boeing factory and not replaced before the 737 MAX 9 was delivered to Alaska Airlines. The, quote, shell new finding corroborates other media reports and investigations by Alaska United Airlines where planes were, while planes were grounded, unquote. Which, ridiculous to say the least. So the bolts were missing. Let's see here. The National Boeing last month. Bolts removed at the Boeing factory. So why would you remove the bolts? I mean, yes, you do save on weight, which will increase fuel efficiency. Though, I guess the metal bolt these days doesn't weigh too much. A good rule for automotives, for every 100 pounds you can decrease weight in your car or truck, you will get about a 1% increase in fuel economy. Now, in this case, I'm trying to think, that'd probably be negligible for a bolt to affect the, given the mass of the airplane. I don't think that's what they had in mind. But again, not great news when more and more of their planes are being downed. They said that they're also 50, fixing another 50 delivered 737 MAX after supplier Spirit Aerosystems discovered mister misdrilled holes. So they're... I don't know how many people trust Boeing. And again, they've been around since, not the dawn of time, but they're one of the oldest defense contractors in the United States. They then got into the aviation business, which is kind of funny. A lot of Americans see them as a commercial aviation company. They think of them when they go to the airport. They got started as a defense company mostly, and that's where a lot of the revenue continues to come from to this day with military sales and making military aircraft. But again, to have something as simple as just, they just happen to be missing bolts. I, I'm not sure how much that inspires in terms of faith the company and how many of these giant, I mean, 
you have a lot of growing competition overseas through they have Airbus being a huge manufacturer of airplanes. They're having more competition and yet they keep they keep finding more and more flaws and more and more defects and more and more ineptitudes at the company. I'm not sure who is working in their quality assurance department. Apparently they have that, I assume, perhaps they should at this point, that they have a whole department dedicated to quality assurance and actually going through the structure of the, structure of the plane to make sure everything's sound and all the bolts exist but i guess in this case they didn't they didn't so i'll be interested to see but again as the problems just continue to mount with boeing not having bolts i gotta say that is certainly the business blunder of the day thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in again I'm trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of february so if you click that button i greatly appreciate it also, leaving a thumbs up, thumbs down, or a comment is a great way to give me some additional feedback, and sharing also does help with the magical YouTube algorithm. Lastly, don't forget to take the time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe, fight the good fight.